What up, gang? Hey, y'all. How you doing? How y'all doing? Who knows what week of the quarantine we're in anymore? Um, I actually don't know. Nobody knows. And that's okay. I think we're, we're almost all- two months in, aren't we? March, April, April. We're almost two months in. I don't know. We're all doing our best to get by. So um, hopefully you're catching up on a lot of podcasts and learning a lot. And, you know, I think it's been good. We just had um, Francis Volpe on the episode you're about to listen to, who is the better half of uh, <laughs> Tony. Well, not better half. I don't know. Like whatever, the other half. He's what he's his second counterpart of the Why Not You Media team. They're the male version of Christy and I, basically, except they like- are. Um, they have a much bigger following, obviously, and a lot more. <laughs> but as far as them being best friends and they work yeah. together and they have and the know, way they work together and stuff like that, yes. opposites and whatever. But he w- it was a really cool conversation. I mean, so he's the co-founder of the Why Not You Media, and so they help build brands and you know they do stuff with generating leads and sales and all that. So you know we get into a little bit of that, but we talked about some really cool stuff just about kind of evolving. You know, he originally went to school he thought for you know psychology and then finance and then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing sports and he actually had an injury that ended up, you know, projecting him into something that ended up being really beneficial for his other part of his career. So kind of just the idea of like, you, you sort of always end up where you're supposed to be and yeah. having a And I think it's cool that like he started in psych and he's uh-huh. still like his mission statement literally throughout his whole life, whether or not he realized it, which I don't even think he did, was that like, he just wanted to help people. Yeah. And it's funny that he's not even in a field really where you're helping people to that extent, but they are. So. Yeah. I thought it was a great little chat and it's really inspiring for young people too. Cause they're young. Yeah. They're like pretty young to be where they are. Um, and he talks a lot about his mom who has a really positive influence, um, on his life. And also just, you know, when you are that person who everybody comes to for advice or maybe just kind of unloading on, you know, learning how to develop boundaries with that, which I think is important right now, again, during, um, us all trying to develop emotional stamina right now in all things Corona. See, and uh, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Is that that's how you want to end this? <laughs> I don't know what else you want to add. That's all I got. He's also a stunt man. I'd like to add that he actually is the stunt man. So he talks a little bit about that, which is kind of cool because he said that that's what brought him into what he does now. So make yeah. sure you listen all the way to the end because we do some fun little rapid fire questions. And Brianna is back to comparing people to food. So she asked him what kind of ice cream he would be because we all know what kind of cheese I would be if I was a cheese. What kind of ice cream would you be? What do you know? You you like love ice cream, even though you have issues with lactose, as we as 75% of Americans do. It's nice that this is going on our intro, isn't it? It is. I think it's important for people to know like what ice cream. Uh, Well, I I just love Rocky Road ice cream. So anything with fuckboy of ice creams. It is not. It is. It is. I don't know what it means. Especially if you get Hagen Doss. It has to be Hagen Doss, which is really hard to find. For girls to be Rocky Road, like your relationship's going to be Rocky. So, no, you're like a little bit of everything. That's what it means. That means, sure. Well, we will rebrand it for that. What ice cream would you be? Birthday cake remix, obviously. (laughs) A fucking silly goose time, sprinkles, brownies birthday cake everybody loves their birthday hello throw it in a bowl i like it (laughs) and then also just a spastic amount of random shit which is like my brain at most times so yeah very accurate 
Very accurate. Okay. So, I like if it. y'all end up going on dates during this quarantine, ask that question and then let us know what your date said and we will psychologically analyze that. Yes. What Brianna just said. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, it's past my bedtime, so I'm it's losing it. past her bedtime and it's time for me to eat something. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode and um, just know that you should listen to this one and Tony Peck's because they work together. So it's nice to see both sides of the business. Power wagon. <laughs> All, All right. right. We got to get her to bed. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. Well, hey, gang. We are very excited to have our next guest on the podcast. Uh, we have Francis Volpe, which means fox in Italian, as we all just <laughs> learned, because he is just, you know, fox trotting his way through life, which we'll get into <laughs> on the podcast. But Francis, we actually, um, I found Francis on Instagram through Tony Peck, who we had on one of our earlier episodes. But Francis mm-hmm. is the co-founder of Why Not You Media, which is a Forbes accredited marketing agency based in New York. All of our fellow East Coast homies. Francis, along with his team, has helped clients create content to help differentiate themselves from their competition, all while generating leads, sales, and brand awareness. He believes in building personal relationships with his clients and has a, that has been a paramount to his success of Why Not You Media. So, Francis, welcome to the podcast. Yes, Thank thanks for, for coming me. on. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you guys and just, you know, dive in on different subjects, business, life, and, you know, everything in between. I also forgot to plug that you are the, you also have a podcast, which is, is that called Why Not You Media as well? So that's the Why Not You podcast. Yes. Why Not You podcast. And drop the media. (laughs) You and Tony are the co-hosts of that together. Yes. That is Tony and I together on that. Yep. Did you guys always talk about having a podcast or like, did you one night have like a drunken night or a cigar <laughs> night where you were like, do a podcast, bro? Cause I know you guys have been homies for a while. Like how did it come to be? So yeah, um, we kind of just, you know, we're in the business of obviously marketing and social media marketing and branding. And we talk every single day, uh, seven days a week. And we were like, you know, something that we do well is we, you know, we're very good at vibing off each other. So we were like, I think our pers- our personalities would work perfectly for a podcast. And, you know, we recorded a bunch of episodes, obviously then the pandemic hit, so it slowed things down, but we got great feedback and, you know, people love our uh, little relationship that we have when we're talking. And so, you know, we said, let's keep it going. So we actually have plans on uh, bringing it back. Uh, so we're excited to do that. Yeah, you guys have cool. a really nice cadence, and you can tell that you have like a little bit mm-hmm. of a bromance and some history <laughs> together, which is really nice. Because I think, you know, I mean, Christy and I joke, like, I think every best friend couple has that moment where they're like, let's do a podcast. <laughs> and then it's like, but really, what's the difference between us and any other best friends? And you guys are yeah. like providing a, a lot of value. So that's very exciting. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, it, mm-hmm. it was very yeah. We were just talking today because we released Tony today how, um, mm-hmm. No, that whole episode, he's just so well-spoken, and you are too, so it was like actually a very nice episode to record, so I'm sure this is going to be great too. Tony and I, we we have like a funny dynamic because uh, we're very different. Um, If you're Mm -hmm. with us in person, we're not the same at all. Uh, We have the same ambitions, same goals, and we're very determined individuals, but just, you know, he's go, 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 go all the time. That's just his personality. Uh, where like I can go, but I need my, you know, my layback time. 
Mm-hmm. You want to have a little siesta in between. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I'm the one that'll take naps in between meetings. <laughs> napping is a like very important part of anybody's day to day. So yes. I agree. I want to take back all the naps that I refuted as a child. <laughs> she would too. She's not kidding. I actually know when I say nap, I mean I take like four hour com- the only time I don't respond comas. To my phone is if I'm sleeping. Either mm-hmm. that's at nighttime or I'm taking like yep. a four hour nap. So that's mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all for it. It was that's I lived on those in college. Definitely. It's all about balance. And it's good yeah. that you guys both know that about each other. So how do you mm-hmm. feel like that works? Like, is there ever a time where you're like, bro, I just need a minute? And he's like, uh, no, we need to get this done. Like, how do you guys balance that? <laughs> so that does happen. Happens a lot. So like I mentioned, Tony and I talk to each other all the time. And when we weren't in the whole pandemic situation, we were with each other seven days a week and sometimes mm-hmm. literally... <laughs> 14 to 17 hours a day and then we went to bed and woke up and did all over again um but yeah there's times where he's definitely like we gotta get stuff done and i'm like all right you know like i need (laughs) need a break like give me a second to kind of gather my thoughts here um but we just make it work i don't really like when we first started out we kind of had like you mentioned we had to figure out our each other's cadences like how our body language and just our whole dynamic when we're in meetings. And now when we're in meetings, it just, it's, it's actually like a work, like a work of art. It just, we flow. Like I know I can, like he can finish my thoughts. He can finish mine. And we know when the other person's like trying starting to slow down and it's our time to jump in. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference um, though, Tony speaks very fast. Uh, so that's <laughs> something like that's a New Yorker trade. I, I would say. Um, but it just, we make it work. I, I just, we just figured each other out and it's, uh, we kind of, he likes to call us the marketing duo. Yeah. So we, like uh, any relationship, yeah. I think it takes time to figure out each other's, I mean, it is, you know, I think a French Christy mm-hmm. and I, we joke, we're like, listen, until either of us has a, re- a romantic relationship that is like as solid as our friendship. Cause mm-hmm. you want somebody to like love and accept you and understand your flaws and all 100%. these things and like not make you feel like a piece of shit about it. And like. <laughs> They'll support you and helps you grow and evolve as a person, you know? Yeah. And and you keep each other accountable. That's a huge thing too. Um, You know, we actually, about three hours ago, Tony and I were on the phone for like 45 minutes and he said, you know, he brought up the importance of having a partner throughout the journey and just how Mm -hmm. like crucial that is to success because we have a lot of friends and or in business colleagues that are trying to do this on their own mm-hmm. building a business by themselves and we'll talk to them and they're it's just they're overwhelmed like yeah. so yeah. overwhelmed and we feel for them but they always bring up you guys are so lucky you have each other so, it's very yeah. rare nowadays not even just i mean i think it's rare enough as you get older your circle gets smaller just because i think yeah. you value things a lot more and you appreciate time a lot more and you just want to be around people who just like get you and want the best for you because i think you do realize people mm-hmm. a lot of the times have maybe a different motive or they don't always mm-hmm. want the best for you or there's underlying jealousy or whatever and that can be like you know that that can hurt your heart a little bit and you have mm-hmm. to accept that and be like okay this maybe isn't you know, I've evolved past that, you know, have you experienced that at all? Like kind of friendship breakups or kind of having to make your circle smaller as your success has taken off and you know, you're just fine, you know, your career in general. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in uh Mamaroneck, New York, small town. Um, I luckily it's weird. My situation's weird. Like obviously different friends have gone different places. I don't have 
bad blood with anyone. There's still people I used to hang out with that I run into and it's just like, how are you? Like, it's great to see you type of situation. Um, but it's weird. I'm blessed to have the same childhood friends my entire life. All my friend group is we've all known each other for 14 plus years. That's um, really nice. Yeah. So hmm. I, I've been pretty, I, I don't like to say I, yeah, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm blessed to have the friends around me because I consider them family. They're like my brothers. Yeah. Um, so I haven't really gone through like a, a tearing of any friendships. I've never really, and even if there was any type of quote unquote bad blood, everything got resolved. Everyone, you know, mm-hmm. shook hands and went their separate ways. So this is usually a question I ask in rapid fire, but because you have this big group of friends, like if you were to win a superlative in your friend group, you know, whether it be like ball buster of the group, best dresser, I don't know, best pasta maker, like what would, what do you think your friends would give you the superlative for in your friend group? Oh man. Uh, I think the most serious. Really? Uh, yes. Serious? Yes. Um, I don't get that vibe I, from you. Like, not in a bad way. I no. Just, no, no. I, no, I, I, get, I, I get what you're saying with that. Uh, but yeah, definitely most serious. I'm the one friend that uh, they know if they joke around with, they're getting a reaction. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, I'm serious where, like, I'm, my mom growing up called me the general because <laughs> everything, the way, the way I did things was very, like, routine. Like, I just, I have to be in a routine. I have to know what's going on. Like, when I did assignments in school, I had to know every detail of the assignment. It just, but yeah, if I were to win something with my friends, I'm probably, I'm definitely the most serious out of everyone. Just, um, I don't really like, I, I could joke around and have a good time, but I kind of, when they start going at each other, I stay back because if I get pulled in, I'm, <laughs> I'm de- they're definitely getting the reaction they want from me. So I try to avoid it. <laughs> Have you felt like that's helped you in certain areas of your life and maybe not other areas? Or do you feel like overall that's like an attribute you really like about yourself? I think with every attribute, it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse. Uh Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's times where I know I need to loosen up, uh, but it's just, it's something I'm working on. I definitely need to, you know, take a step back and enjoy more instead of being so routine oriented. Um, I just had this conversation with my mom the other day because I'm very much so the same way. This is so Brianna. I love to have like a silly goose time and I'm like very silly and playful. But when I'm in like work mode, I'm very serious. And so I was talking with my mom. She's like, what are you going to do, Brianna? Like pencil in Lucy goose time from 2 to 3 p.m. And I'm like, yeah. She does that though. Yeah. No, it's the truth. Like it's funny that you bring that up because Tony and I were, we actually went to our office the other day and we were like mapping out a schedule. Um, And we put on there like I forget the exact time but it was like thinking time for us to just brainstorm but yeah. like that helps uh-huh. us stay on track um but it, it it's helped a lot I am when it comes between Tony and I I am the more creative one so I handle all the content I work directly with our content our creative director Mark Supic and our team um Tony kind of he'll put in his input but he likes to you know, stay in his lane. Like we all know what we're good at because there's three business partners. Mm-hmm. There's Tony, uh, Michael, and myself. I run content and lead on all those things and the creative side stuff along with Mark, where Tony is the sales guy, the follow-up king, um, just a phenomenal networker. And then we have Michael, who is really the glue. Uh, that's how I would describe Michael. He, if you see his bio, he's actually called the backbone of the operation because he does our payroll, our tech work, our website, like anything that we 
can't do, he can do, and he's also the voice of reason. Because he is the yeah. B vitamin of the group, as I would call. I'm a nutritionist, so I always say okay. B vitamins are like your vitamins that do like a little bit of everything for everything yeah. in your body, but they're like very integral. Yes, yes, he is. Michael is a huge uh, part of our success uh, from the three business partner standpoint, just because. Believe it or not, yeah, Tony and I don't always see eye to eye. It's not going to happen where we mm -hmm. agree on everything. But then we have Michael that can come in and be like, nope, we're doing it this way or doing it that way or I agree with here. So it, it's really, we're blessed to have the, our dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, that third person probably helps a lot because, oh, yeah. you know, you have always have an extra person there, whether who is going back and forth with who to kind of. Oh, tremendous. You know. Tremendous. And in our in our relationship, it's like, if we always tell people you wouldn't expect our friendship and our business partnership to be the way it is. Cause when we're the three of us are talking to each other, like we'll, you know, call each other out and stuff, but it's all love at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, we just, we know how we know the best way to communicate with each other, which we wouldn't communicate to others the way we communicate with each other. With a friend too. And have, like you understand when you need to bust somebody's balls and when you need to pull back a little bit. And it's like, sometimes you need tough love and sometimes you need to be like, okay, like I got to come at this with a different approach, mm -hmm. which you always get mm -hmm. if you just need somebody older in life or if it's just a straight business deal. Like you, you mm -hmm. know, you do miss that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But so what do you do then when you're having a loosey goose time? Like how do you unwind and get out of serious mode? Like what's some of your, you know, anti-stress kind of Francis um, thing? My time. So uh, fitness is a huge part of my life. Uh, always has been. I played college football up at Assumption College, which is a division two school. Uh, shout out to the hounds. Um, but fitness has always been super <laughs> important to me. Um, I love the read. And I'm also uh, a big gamer. You know, I do a lot of winding down like late night. I'll, you know, I play video games with the guys. That's a big thing. That's always for some reason been mm -hmm. a great outlet for me to kind of just slow down the mind and relax a little bit and, you know, get ready for the next day. So did you study finance at school? Because when we were stalking your Instagram, it said like finance, but then you were like a stunt person. And so like kind of how did that? Yeah, all I saw that you're a stunt guy. Yeah, so I'll dive into that a little <laughs> bit. Um, so I started out school studying psychology. Ooh. Uh, and then I've always been extremely interested in the human mind. And then I jumped into business management with a minor in marketing. The finance thing was growing up, I always told my mom my dream. I had like this, you know, big picture in my mind. And I was like, I'm going to work on Wall Street and I'm going to work in finance and I'm going to be a stockbroker and I'm going to do wealth management and I'm going to have the big house and the big car and the briefcase and work in New York City. And, you know, I did the four years of commuting to New York City, going to Fordham Prep from Westchester. And, you know, that I nipped that dream in the butt pretty quickly uh it just wasn't for me i did the corporate world for a short amount of time but i just realized it really was not for me at all what did you like most about corporate ladder climbing and least about like the corporate world because i also kind of had an experience that too like started out very young in my career chasing the corporate like ladder and you know, finding a happy medium. You're being stupid. You're being stupid. There's no like pat on the back. It's okay. No, it's like you messed up, figure it out and get back on your feet and keep it going. Um, so what was her thought when you told her that you wanted to do this? She was all for it. There was, yeah. There was, yeah. She was like, you know what? You're young. 
you you're you have uh you're a smart kid you're living at home she's like go for it she's like what do you have to lose she's like corporate america and jobs aren't going anywhere well yeah obviously right now they kind of did but you know mm-hmm. she's like they're not they're not, <laughs> they're not going anywhere if you try it for a few years and it doesn't work you know you go and get a job. She was just like, you're the only rule she had though. She's like, you're not staying here and living under my roof, not doing anything. Love so, it. Yeah. So she was always, she always laid down the law, but man, uh, she is my biggest supporter. Like when I get reached out to do press release or write articles or anything, she's a, she's a teacher. Um, and she's the first person I ask, can you review it? Can you read it? And you know, she helps me make the changes and you know, so on and so forth. That's so cute. I awesome. Yeah. I literally still send him all of my webinars, any paper that like everything, he is like mm-hmm. the first person that I send. Yep. Yep. Because they so keep it real. One of the, I asked this, so Christy and I, our family spent Mother's Day together because we're like, mm-hmm. and so I asked mm-hmm. everybody at the table, I said, what is one um, lesson you learned either directly or indirectly from your mother that you feel like has maybe resonated with you more recently as you've gotten older and had time to reflect or something that like something you just repeat from your mom like you know direct or indirect that you would like to share with others so directly from my mom um just just from conversation and just her being my mom uh you know a big conversation we always had is failure is an educational thing that's going to happen in your life and positivity is extremely important um she always said whenever she dropped me off for school was you know have a great day and remember to be positive. Just for some reason, that was like her, like it was around that line. It might not be verbatim, but it was always something having to do with positivity. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever there was failure, it was, you learn from it. It's not, you get upset and mad about it. Um, but that was like, it, those were two things I learned directly from her. Um, obviously the normal conversations that, you know, most parents gave about hard work and things like that. But indirectly things that you know just from watching my mom man just about being selfless um just the importance like she my mom is the type of person that she puts everyone else before her like and she's oh she always made sure i had what i needed or what if my friends were over if they were taken care of if her friends were taken care of and it just like she's just i i, I can talk about about my mom for hours um girls everywhere are swooning so girls love this okay um so yeah just directly would be the positivity and you know failure is education um but indirectly just being selfless you know just putting Mm -hmm. you know trying to help people as much as possible love it yeah i love that too i'm all about it so you know that's like right up there for me being selfless I think we've, Christy and I have been having this conversation a lot recently too, because I, I always struggle with this idea with like, especially with dating. I think you see this happening sometimes where it's like how you grew up. I understand you can't always control, you know, Mm -hmm. what your situation was like, but these core values of like, you know, some of these basic fundamental things, like being around somebody who's really generous and considerate and thoughtful. Like my dad is like the same way, you know, Christy's mom is like that too. Like, so it's like, it's not that you expect that from people, but you almost don't know anything better. So it's hard to wrap your head, your head around it, whether that's a romantic relationship, a professional one, a, a friendship, whatever it is. And people mm-hmm. 
certain way. And you're just like, I don't, I don't understand like how you can act like that. And I think that that's sometimes as you get older, you meet more people and you understand like how much of these values, I say this to my parents all the time now, like, that's why I always say indirect, because it's not like somebody sits you down one day and they're like, okay, Brianna, today we're going to go over being a generous, kind-hearted person. It's just like shit you saw growing up that (laughs) I knew nothing else. Monkey see, monkey Mm -hmm. do. Obviously you have the, there's some people are wired different, but it's monkey see, monkey do. What you have around you, your environment creates who you are. Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about this, sorry, a little bit more about the stunt work, because I'm very curious how this happened, and are you still okay. doing it, or like, yes. what, so, what's that about? So Tony likes cigars, you like stunts? Yeah, yeah, so uh, how stunt work started. So basically, going back to when I broke my leg, um, my mom, so my, my whole family is big into, you know, fitness and athletics. My dad played college ball, my, my grandpa was a boxer, my great uncle was a pro boxer, um, and my mom was always big into fitness. And we have a family friend uh, named Chaz Menendez. He's been in the stunt. He's been in the movie and TV industry as a stunt professional for, he's going on like 28 years now, something like that. And so when I broke my leg, my mom was going. Damn. To, yeah. When he was um, having classes in their shell, my mom was going, you know, as a hobby, you know, something to go do and stay active. And she just wanted to learn. And so, she used to always tell me, she's like, you should come, you should come, blah, 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 blah. So finally, one day, I was just like, you know what? I'll come. You know, I'll come to a class. I go to a class. I go to my first class. And instantly afterwards, Chaz goes up to my mom and was like, you have to make sure your, stu- your son keeps coming because there's a future for him in this. And I was just like, all right, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into because it requires like... I boxed growing up. I have a boxing background, but it requires, you know, knowledge of martial arts and understand acting and learning the camera and learning just how sets work and all these different things. So I kept going and kept going and kept going. And I, within five months time, which is really unheard of, I got my first actual stunt gig. Uh, I got hired by Manny Severio. Uh, who is a l- absolute legend in the stunt world. Uh, if you know TV and movies, he's just, he's, that guy has worked on almost like everything. Um, mm. He hired me for a gig uh, for in a show called Gravesend, which is actually on Amazon Prime right now. And I'll tell you something right now, I've played in some big sporting events. This was the most nerve wracking experience of my life. Um, imagine. <laughs> yeah when you're so i got really really lucky that i was with a uh one of the stunt professionals i knew named janie and he kind of took me under his wing and you know showed me the ropes and like made me understand like how craft services work where you stand what you need to do like really went through the whole you know nine yards with me um but for those i don't know if you guys ever been on a movie set or a television set it is high intensity it is stressful. There are a lot of people moving around, doing a bunch of different things. There's egos that you're dealing with. There's time. There's, it, it's, it's craziness. And, um, you know, I knocked it out of the park. I had a phenomenal time. Manny had nothing. Uh, he actually wasn't there today. Uh, this guy, um, uh, Columbo, uh, was there. He, uh, but he gave me nothing but a thumbs up, called Chaz up the next day because Chaz is like my mentor and said, Bren was an absolute professional and killed it. And I said to myself, I love this, you know, and I kept it going. And now 
I've been SAG. I've been in the union now. Wow. I think going on about three years and I've worked. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've worked a bunch of different shows and uh, I've done movies. I've done the show Power. I've done Wu-Tang Clan mm-hmm. on uh, Hulu. I've done Power Spinoff, which is coming out, Ghost. Um, I worked on a show called Dietland on AMC. I've done some independent films. But stunt work um, really is actually as crazy as it sounds is what uh, projected, not projected, but kind of made me realize I love to create. I love to be in front of camera and behind camera and kind of helped me find my passion in uh, creating content and coming up with strategies around it. Had there been anything you learned from the stunt world, like stunt work world that you feel like has permeated over into your social media world or like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's made a world of difference. Uh, just my understanding of camera angles, my understanding of, you know, different rules when it comes to filming and editing and just like, there's lingo I'll use when I'm talking to like Mark or Steve or Antonio who Antonio is one of our videographers and happens to be one of my stunt brothers um, that we use that, you know, our clients don't know, but they know, you know, it's like a different language. Uh, but, oh, it's, it's without it, with, if I didn't have stunts, I wouldn't be, I'll tell you right now, I probably would not be doing what I'm doing. Stunts has helped tremendously. So in your next wow. Instagram video, if I don't see some like explosions in the background or like a backflip <laughs> onto the screen, I'm unfollowing you because now <laughs> that I know what a part of your life it is, I need to see more stunts in the day-to-day yeah. gram. Yeah, I can't, honestly, I can't wait to get back to it. I, uh, I got injured back in October. I tore a ligament in my right knee. Uh, so I, no. put, I was really, at, yeah, I was out of the game for a while and then the pandemic happened, but I'm super excited to get back into it. I miss all of, uh, you know, my friends that do stunts as well, but shout out to the stunt community, man. Those guys don't, men and women don't get enough credit. Uh, the amount of talent that some of these people have, they have some, some of them have more talent in their finger than some people do in their entire bodies. It's just incredible what they can do from the martial arts to making a crash look like the most brutal thing in the world and they pop right back up and nothing's wrong so and it's wild i feel like they don't get credit so talk about having to just like do something number one because you actually love it and then also removing your ego and remaining humble you know what i mean like i feel like no one's gonna like notice you on the the streets to be like oh my god you did that car scene and oh no yeah it's so one thing that Chaz uh, taught me and, you know, it preaches to the other stunt people is that you got to leave, your ego has to stay behind. Like it, it, it does not come into the stunt world because everyone in stunts is a badass and everyone can handle themselves. So that ego has got to be checked at the door. Uh, you're coming in there to do a job. You're, you're, you're expected to do it right the first time. And, um, it's just, uh, it's one of those, it's one of those jobs that it's and your life is on the line every single time because you, something can go wrong and, you know, uh, in very rare moments, bad things can happen. Yeah. It's kind of I, a selfless thing. Yeah. It in seems a way, like you're, you're, kind, you're, you're kind of full circle in yourself here. Yeah. I never realized that. that you, that's a good point, but yeah, you're putting yourself on the line to make the, the movie, the television show come to life and also make that actor actress look like a superhero. Mm-hmm. I feel like probably having a sports background, I think anytime I talk to anybody who always played sports growing up, like I cannot speak 
enough about like why you don't have to like I say this all the time you don't have to be like starting varsity but you should be involved in some sort of sport oh, yeah. whatever because you do learn a lot of these lessons that are you take from the field and you apply them to other areas of your life you know which I think is important as you get older and learning how to take a loss and a loss mm -hmm. versus quitting and when to be a team player and when to you know be like a in, in captain mode or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. agreed sports are sports have taught me so much um some of my best friends are, are friends that i've known for so long are because of sports but it teaches responsibility accountability uh, hard work you know nothing's given to you especially in sports totally Nothing is given well to nowadays you. everybody's a winner and participation ribbons and that bullshit but that's yeah, that's a whole different that's a whole other episode yeah that's a whole other episode <laughs> So wait, so you originally thought you wanted to study psychology. Was that because you just like wanted to know the more about why of people? Was there somebody in your life? Like kind of how did you transition out of that into finance? So it goes back to like the selflessness. I, I always, so I always have people, I just, it happens to my mom too. We just happen to be the person that people come to when something is wrong uh, to help them give advice because we have always like this positive outlook on things. So I said, you know, I love helping people. So I think psychology would be a great, uh, you know, lane for me mm -hmm. uh, because it gives me the opportunity to really help people through problems and talk it out. Um, during the classes, however, I realized that maybe sitting in a room all day listening to people really wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of gravitated towards business. I started just, you know, reading more and watching more stuff. And I said, you know what, let me go after this business side of things and keep it more broad because like you guys know with college, unless you're really becoming, you're studying to become a doctor or a lawyer or anything in science related or law related, um, and even accounting, don't really, like, it doesn't matter what degree you have. Like my marketing mm -hmm. teacher was a huge big time, um, guy in his industry and he went to bc and studied like i think theology and like philosophy <laughs> you know so that kind of right there gives you an idea mm -hmm. that the degree itself doesn't matter so are you still the person in like your friend group besides being serious sally are you also the sounding board for a lot of people and like everybody comes to you with their problems and advice or do you kind of because i think christy and i both have that energy too where people come to us a lot whether we ask for it or not and mm -hmm. you like helping people but that does again get harder as you get older with like drawing boundaries and being like okay but what you know like I gotta take care of myself too so like is that kind of, of still your role mm -hmm. with like your friends and do you ever struggle with that yeah so um my friend so certain it, it depends on the friend right uh some of my friends I can get more out of them than my other friends uh, I also tend to care more <laughs> to hear hear my friends out. Um, we're a very unique group of friends, but no, I, it just it, even in college, you know, I had like like my guy, like my roommates who I'm still very close to, come to me about a lot of different things. Um, even in school and after school, random phone calls, having to speak them, you know, listen to them and talk them through things. Um, my girlfriend at the time in college all her friends, <laughs> all her friends came to me. It was about any type of problem. Um, but yeah, like you said, I did struggle for a while with like creating that uh, barrier, that, like, that boundary, because when you start listening to so many people's problems, it's very difficult to not burden yourself. Totally. And I dealt with that 
and I, you know, had to really, you know, and thank, thank God for my mom. My mom said, you have to separate. You have to, like, if you are not ready to help someone in their problem, you're not obligated to answer that person right away. You yeah. Know? Unless it's, way to put it. yeah, unless it's like an emergency situation where someone really might need help, um, an extreme case. But she's like, if you're not ready to answer and you're dealing with your own stuff, back up. And if that person gets mad at you, then that person's not your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's definitely been a lot of um, soul searching, I guess you would say. Uh, but I've definitely figured it out now. I think that's such a great way to say that actually and reframe it because I know, you know, as I've gotten older, like, and again, Christy and I, we've been best friends for 18 plus years. There's times where like, I'm just going through shit on my own. And I'm like, even if she needs me, I know, like, I just can't mentally give the kind of advice, the quality of advice that I would want to give or whatever. And like, sometimes you do have to just be like, I'm shutting this shit down for a little bit. We're shutting down production until I can like regroup and get myself back into a place like mentally and emotionally and like you know drawing energetic boundaries with people especially when you're like empathetic on any level people are naturally attracted to that like whether you can help it or not a hundred percent and i i feel i agree with everything that you said i think at the end Mm -hmm. of the day it's also i feel like it's my um i want people to know that they have a voice because i think what a lot of people go through is they feel as though they're not heard Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, one of the worst feelings, whether it's friendship, relationship, at work, whatever it may be, not being heard can really demoralize a person. So I always felt if someone needs to speak, let me be there for them, because that one moment, that one conversation can completely change the trajectory of their life. Um, and I've had people reach back out to me and thank me for listening. And, you know, I wouldn't change it, but it's definitely, like you said, you have to figure out that barrier that, that, and make sure that their burden doesn't become your burden. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, you also, you know, there's like that famous quote where it's like, people won't remember your name, blah, 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 but they'll never forget like how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And it's not always an instant gratification thing. Like sometimes you don't know, it could have been the best conversation they've had all week or all day. And like, Mm -hmm. you don't always hear back from them or you also just don't always know what people are going through. So I always tell people, I'm like, just don't be an asshole. Like, I just think it's easier to just be a good person. Even if somebody else is being a dick or whatever, like that says more about them and what they're going through than it does with you. It's, I forget what I was listening to, but I was listening to a podcast just the other day and someone said the exact same thing. Yeah. You don't know what really someone's going through. Oh, you know, I was actually, I was listening to, um, if you guys know the UFC fighter, George St. Pierre, Mm -hmm. excuse me. He was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame the other day, but I was watching um, like a seven-minute clip of him talking. I believe he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about how he ran into his old bully, and his bully was homeless in Toronto. And wow. he got out, and he gave the guy money still. And George St. Pierre said something so humbling. He was like, for all those years that that guy was bullying me and beating me up and so on and so forth, he goes – that is a reflection on what he was going through. Totally. Yeah. yeah. My mom was an eighth grade teacher for 34 years, and she always said the kids who were the meanest, it's like you learned to be a bully because you were bullied. Like, you know? Yes. Yeah. And George St. Pierre brought up, he goes, one day his father went to that kid's house to talk to his dad about not beating up on his kid anymore. And he goes to the house, and he goes to find out that the father was a drunk and abusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you never know what people are going through. It's you know? true. 
It's really true. So just be a good person. Easier said than done, especially when you're having a oh, shit day. Yeah. But I've actually also noticed too, sometimes when I'm having a real shit day, even if I just do something nice or say something nice to somebody else, like it could be like, well, not anymore since we can't go out in public. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at the coffee shop, I would be like, I like your shoes, you know, like now through the drive-thru, I guess I can like beep and be like, I like your bumper sticker. I don't know. Oh but, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And it, like, you, like just even holding the door open for somebody can make their day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A small yeah. act of kindness goes a long way. Yep. I'm into 100%. it. hundred percent. Well, before you sound like you would have, Oh, I was going to just say, he sounds like he would have been a great social worker too. I was in social work before I did hair and you like are just talking like you are a social worker. So <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm one with you fight the good fight over there. Yeah, I, I will. It's the East coast. But your clients five. must really see that. Yeah, for sure. And your clients must see that from you guys, that you guys are so sincere about what you do, that it's not even just about the marketing. It's that like, you know, if you guys are helping small businesses or people, to try and get themselves out there these people are passionate about what they're doing and oh, you guys are just as passionate so you know i'm sure you guys yeah. are going to just keep growing we've grown our business and i put that in the <clears throat> my description that you know building a relationship with our clients has made our business without the yeah. like, we're not just there for we always tell people we're not here for some short-term little gig we're we're, we're on the long-term uh plan here we want to watch you grow and as you grow we grow with you and people, it's, it's almost like a different language to them because they're not used to hearing that anymore. So many people are out in the world trying to sell this, sell that, sell this. So when we come at them and we're like, no, we're here for the relationship, like the amount of deals that we have done and not making a, made a dollar on just to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, I can, it, I would have, I would have the whole book. It just, we've done it though, because it's helped us get where we are because maybe that person refers us to somebody and it just mm-hmm. and you not too many people can say like i have so many clients that i can contact now and be like hey you know let's get on a call and just like shoot the shit or you know go for well not now but go for <laughs> a drink and not many people can say they can do that um yeah some of our clients have become really really good friends um and we're really blessed to, to have had that happen I think people get back confused sometimes too, especially when you work in quote sales. At the end of the day, we're all, whether you're selling yourself or you're selling a product, whatever it is, but it really is about building relationships with people. Like, you know, like I think when you have that foundation, understand like, like you were saying, people ultimately want to feel heard. You know, you want to feel Mm -hmm. like you're not being just, you know, getting sold a, a bag of goods or whatever. And like, you're taking the time to invest time, which I always say is like the most important commodity. I think that goes so much further with somebody. And again, you remember that. And like, that's what I, you know, people are, I think are in the industry of is like building relationships, which you can't put a price on that because oh. you can sift out the people who are not genuine. And that will eventually like, you know, the genuine people, I think always rise to the top. It might just be a slower game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is something that we preach to people. It's you had like building a brand is long term. Mm-hmm. It's a long term game. Your brand does not happen overnight. Your success doesn't happen overnight. No matter the industry, whether you're a musician, athlete, uh, stockbroker, whatever it is that you do, it takes time and it takes building a lot of relationships. Um, and that's something that we really try to make sure people understand when it's like when you're really into this building a brand. It's not going to happen six months. It might not happen in a year. 
it, it might happen three, four, five, six, seven years down the line, but it's setting you up for so much success. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. see that as one of the biggest mistakes people are making currently, like on social media or people who are just trying to become like Insta famous or whatever? Like, what are you seeing as kind of some of the problems that maybe you've either worked with people in the past or just like, you know, mm -hmm. as an objective outsider? So I think um, a lot of people are just, they think it's just going to happen. You know, they start putting out content and things and they, they just think all of a sudden just because they're putting out different content or educational content, people are going to gravitate towards them. Like people are watching, people are paying attention, but you need mm -hmm. to be consistent on every different level, like on all different levels. Sorry. It's, it's the content, it's being active, it's reaching out to people and connecting with different people. Like our, a normal day for, for Tony and I, like when things weren't uh, with the pandemic was meetings, phone calls, DMs every single day, nonstop. Like we'll be sitting there and be like, oh, have you reached out to Seth recently? No, reach out to him. Like just constantly connecting. You always want to just have that one touch here and there. And people just right now, there's also a big misconception that a lot of people think that everyone with all, all these models with millions of followers are making tons of money. And that's not the truth. Um, a lot of the time what happens with brands or people that are trying to brand is that what they're doing does not align with anything. So people mm -hmm. think I can get, you know, the perfect example, um, a influencer model or influencer. She I call them Insta hoes, but whatever. You can use the PC <laughs> yeah, if you want. Yeah. Yes. So she had about 8 million followers and she signed some deal about selling, I think, t-shirts or a piece of clothing and she put it out there and she sold, I think, like 12 shirts. Wow. And people are always like, oh, then her followers are fake. No, it, that's not what it means. Like her engagement, her page is great, but the woman... Her, she aligns with dresses in women's fashion. So that's not her brand alignment. It, it, like, yeah. she, her selling a t-shirt has nothing to do with her brand. Yeah. And people then, after they hear that, they're like, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I always pe give people the example, like Tony, I use, I'll use Tony as an example. Um, Tony, if Tony came out with a pair of uh, swim shorts, like, like a bathing suit, no one's buying it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Tony Peck, but if maybe Tony in three years from now came out with a cigar label or cigar, it, it aligns with his brand because he yeah. shows and talks about it. Yeah. That's like me all of a sudden like pushing like suits. I don't like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's something that we talk to people. You're you're what you're trying to do is to align with what it is that you eventually want to sell. Yeah. yeah. Fans versus followers, I think, is a very important concept for people to understand. And yeah, like I not selling out too, like just again for like the the short term kind of you know gratification. Cause I think again, people at the end of the day want authenticity and they want to feel, you know, like they can really connect. Cause I think that's what people ultimately nowadays, with everyone being so fragmented and now like that we've had our connection taken away from us, like real-time connection. People want to mm -hmm. feel like, okay, this person's real, you know, like a homie for life. Yeah the, yeah, the best the best thing you can do is is that you can turn those new followers into fans. And the way you do that is diving deeper. And people it goes back to connections. You know, I tell every single one of our clients, any new follower that comes in, like when you have the time, reach out and connect with people. Totally. You know, send them a message. How are you? How is everything? How are you doing during this pandemic? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes such a difference. Yeah. And it's, but it takes time. That's the problem. It goes back to that time thing. People just don't want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a necessity. It's so important. And it's what's going to actually take your business and your brand to that next level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Investing time is like just so, it, it, that, we've talked about this in other podcasts too. Like when people mm-hmm. say things to me, like I don't have time, it's so annoying to me because I'm like every excuse. 24 hours, yeah. if you say and reframe it saying I'm choosing to not invest my time or you know what? I've made some shitty investments on my time. Like that's fine, but you have to learn to reevaluate that and make a time fuck budget the same way you invest money. Like, and people just, mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't take that seriously. Like in that, you know, I, I think it's, it's good to hear that yeah I, I think a lot of like I hate when people say I don't have time either it's more it's just an excuse I think we just live in a very instant gratification um yep. moment in time you know where everything's better than the next like you know you're on Instagram and this person's better looking than that person and that person so nobody mm-hmm. wants to settle nobody wants to put in work and no one wants to like put the time in for anything nope. Nope. you know things don't have meaning like they used to so it's rare That's when you find why. people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly rare uh, when you find people that are super driven and ambitious and straight focused yeah. on what it is their goals are. Because usually you meet people and it's like they're over here and then they're over here and mm-hmm. they're just all over the place. But it's definitely, it's a breath of fresh air when you meet people that have that same mindset as you, the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah for sure. What, what do you always say, Christy? Vibe your tribe. You got to vibe your tribe. Vibe, like vibe your tribe. I like that. Yeah. Well, we want to do some rapid fire questions with you because okay. I think it's fun. And then you can okay. tell everybody where they can find you and work with you and all the exciting things. Sounds good. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> First question. If you had to choose one of these to do for a year, you had to pick just one, what would it be? Social media or stunt double life? Oof. I know. Oh boy, now you, you stumped me on the first question. That's she what I want to do. I ask her to live for it. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with social media just because it's the safer thing. Okay. Okay. I like okay. it. Longevity. Yeah. Would you consider yourself more of a morning person or a night person? Night person. Oh. Okay. It's a creative part of you. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, the video games, I guess. It's true. Okay. Um, I peeped your Instagram and you, despite you saying that you don't like suits, I think you have very nice swag. So, but you also have some really nice bomber jackets. So would you rather wear a bomber jacket or a two piece suit? Bomber jacket. Love a good bomber jacket. Where's the first place you're going after quarantine and the first thing you're going to eat or drink? Um, first place I'm going is to probably an all you can eat sushi. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll just, meet you there. Yeah. You nailed it all with one with one answer. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a specific locate like a like a restaurant that like you know people like, that you like love? Uh probably will end up at uh sushi castle in East Chester. Wow. Yep. Anytime you can put castle and a food group together, you know you're in for a good time. That's the spot. <laughs> That's the spot that we like to go to. That's my, the dream. My, my Brianna, Brianna is there. Yeah. She'll be a sushi, sushi princess. That's amazing. That's oh funny. I like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, obviously, you know, the government's just kind of like, you know, you know, stringing us along every day. We're like waiting for new announcements. So let's say that the governor comes on tomorrow and they're like, listen, you got six months left of this quarantine. We're going to let you live with three people. You get to have one movie and one alcoholic beverage. What? Who are you bringing? One movie for six months. <laughs> one movie? 
you get one alcoholic <laughs> beverage because we're all becoming a little bit of alcoholics during this and no one's judging it. That's fine. Oh, man. And you get to bring wow. three people. You don't have to wear a mat. Like three people. Like, who are like, your and, like any people? Any people. Like celebrities? Anyone. Fucking anyone. <sighs> all right. One. But remember, you're watching a movie with them and drinking with them. So shit could get oh. icy. Okay. So um, just for... Definitely, I think my mom, because, you know, my mom's just dope and we have a good time. Uh, two, I probably would have a blast to hang out with Kevin Hart for six months. Ooh, I think that yeah. it would be just, I would be in tears every single day. Yeah, he's day. funny. Also, it'd be great for the social media clout. Okay. Um, and then third, um, I'm trying to think, for six months, who would I deal with? Uh It'll be an interesting like, dinner I, table, that's for sure. Your mom, it, it, Kevin Hart. Yeah, it would be it would be very interesting. I'm trying to think. Um, and maybe someone, I don't know. Oh my gosh, this the third one's tough. I wanna say I wanna honestly, I wanna say like uh an Ed Milet. Uh because do you know who that is? No. No. Okay, Ed Milet. <laughs> you look him up after this. Uh he's um a very, very successful businessman. But I think uh-huh. in six months hanging out with him, one, he's super humble and super just an, an intelligent individual. And I would learn a lot from him. Uh he's also someone who I hope to meet one day and be interviewed by. So I was gonna say he has a podcast right now. I think yeah. I do know who he, I do know yeah. who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so those are the three people. I think that'd be a very entertaining. The place would be spotless because my mom's a clean freak. Uh we we'd learn a lot and we'd laugh a lot. So I couldn't really go wrong. I'd love to be a fly on the wall at that. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. movie. Oh boy. Uh yeah. the movie? Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go with a classic with Happy Gilmore. <sighs> I think uh, all in the hip. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh and then alcohol or beverage. Yeah, you get um, one drink. Is it like a mixed drink or is it? Eat whatever you want. You can have like your favorite bartender from Sushi Castle come and make <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, I'm going to have to just go vodka Sprite. Oh, vodka Sprite. Okay. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Something yeah. simple. So we're coming, we're going to come hang with you if this happens and you get your quarantine dreams to come true. That would be mm-hmm. hilarious. I would actually, I would have to make a reality te- television show out of it. Oh Perfect. yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So what's, um, What's a guilty pleasure that you don't feel guilty about? Like a food that you love, something oh. you just love binging on. Maybe an you have a show, an activity. Uh, food. Oh man, I food. love ice cream. Oh, uh, I'm a big ice cream guy. I know Tony said Nutella, uh-huh. but uh, I'm a mm-hmm. ice cream. I get that after my grandfather. My grandfather, my dad's dad can eat legitimately a tub of ice cream a night and it's starting to for some reason i think i'm starting to adapt that um but I well, let's talk about your favorite flavor don't leave the listeners hanging Oof. favorite flavor um i'm really i'm, I'm simple when it comes oh no i'm not simple it's mint chocolate chip i had to think about it for a second okay, okay. here's oh and here's a here's a bonus question then i've asked this question to christy about if she had to pick a cheese to describe her personality what would it be <laughs> If you had to pick, and the psychology of it, okay, so like if you had to pick an ice cream to describe your personality, what would it be and why? Oh, man. I know. Ice cream. These are, these are hard questions. I know. Um, an ice cream? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could go with mint chip. But everything like, that's I, encompassed in the ice cream. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, mint chocolate chip is not a bad thing because it's, uh, it's you know, it's got a good flavor, but it's also can have its crunchy parts. <laughs> it so that's like your rough. personality. You know, you got a little bit of seriousness. You got a little bit of the sassiness, yeah, the exactly. fine. Yep. 
Perfect. <laughs> You're a midship kind of guy through and through. <laughs> okay. I um, think so. I love asking this question. I asked this to Tony. I asked this to pretty much everybody. If somebody yeah. was to set you up on a blind date, and they were like, you should go. If your mom was setting you up on a blind date, and they're like, oh, you should go out with my son, Francis. He is X, Y, Z. What three adjectives do you think your mom would describe you as? My mother, she would describe me as handsome, smart, and driven. Oh, okay. Yeah. How would you describe yourself in three adjectives? Um, I don't like to brag about the handsome part, but I would definitely say driven. Uh, I consider myself smart and um, very caring. Oh, okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what was your, what would you think that your proudest adult moment was and maybe what your mother's proudest adult moment of you was? My proudest moment as an adult, uh, and we're fact checking all this with your mom after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a few, but my, um, honestly, it was the starting of this company. That's gotta be for me, my, that, that was huge. Uh, mm -hmm. for my mom, uh, if that was the second part of the question, uh, yeah. it would what do you probably think hers is? getting my scholarship to college. Oh, okay. awesome. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I, that, but that'd be my guess. I could be completely wrong, but. Well, don't worry. We'll fact check them. We'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> I might have to, I might have to ask her after this. I want to see. Well, yeah, let us know. Follow up. I will. I will. Um, what would you say is your favorite attribute about yourself that you like love most about yourself and one thing that you would say you're maybe actively working on or maybe don't love so much about yourself like i'm not a patient person like i'm always trying to like pretend i'm going to become more patient like <laughs> but i'm really kind you know like what would you say is one of your you know best and things my best and something i have to work on so i'll start with the best to work on i think it goes back to the prior uh part of the conversation about my seriousness i need to mm -hmm. loosen up a little bit my mom okay. always says that to me and a lot of other people do definitely have to loosen up a little bit um, but my best attribute, um, it's, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, it just goes back, I guess, to being selfless. Like I'm, I'm okay with, like, I don't expect anything back from you. I have no problem doing stuff for you. And if I don't get anything back, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's a great attribute to have though, yeah. especially when you're in business. That is, totally. it is, it is. Mm -hmm. it's one thing though. Some people view it as a weakness, like they take kindness for weakness. Um, that's something that I've definitely paid attention to, though, is that when I am yeah. selfless, I got to Tony sure said that, that you you have his back because he always, he said, like, you guys will go into meetings and uh -huh. he'll walk out and be like, great, we're working with him. And he'll be like, <laughs> kidding me? That guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And he'll be like, no, he's not. He's nice. That's yeah. me. I'm like, yeah. no, they're great. And Brianna's like, uh, no. And I'm like, no, oh. I don't know. I struggle with that. Cause I, also no, you're way better than me though. Optimism, and I see like the best in people and potential in people all the time. I've gotten better at it. As you're yeah. better than me though, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think the quote Tony <laughs> used is that he trusts people until they give him reason not to. I don't trust until they give me reason to. Um, yeah. That's just how I've view things. It's like, I go into meetings and I meet people with a very open mind. But I am super observant, so I pay attention mm -hmm. to every word and every body motion during the meeting. And if there's something that just triggers a red flag, I know I walk out of that meeting and Tony will be like, oh, like super excited. And he's like, why aren't you excited? Because I'm like, I don't trust him yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they can say whatever the heck they want. Until something happens, don't trust them. 
it also mm-hmm. comes with our territory with being our age. Yeah, uh, our, I was our, just going to say that. Our business mentors, you know, um, one in particular always tells us, he goes, you guys are young and people know that. Um, you guys are smart and ambitious, but people can take advantage of that. So you have mm-hmm. to be very, and, and, we're, and we're very blessed to have the mentors that we have. So we always can pick up the phone and call them and give them the scenario and get a real answer back where it's like, nope, don't even, don't even dare do that or, you know, feel it out and see where it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that you have good mentors too. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I feel like people sometimes think that that's like, not a, I don't know. They, they don't realize that even the best people in the world, like Derek Jeter had like a coach, mm-hmm. you know, like the best people actually have coaches because it's like, you need to objectively assess what's going on and not just have people always just pumping sunshine up your ass and being like, yeah, that was, that was great, but this could have been better, you know? Oh, without a doubt. You can't get anywhere in life without some sort of help. You know, look, Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player, in my opinion, of all time, but he had help along the way with, from a coach, a friend, like he had, you know, he had the right people around him to help him get where he is. It's, Mm -hmm. you can't do everything by yourself. It's, I, I truly think that's impossible. And it's not fun to anyway, you know? No, it's not. We say all the time, it goes, there's enough money and enough food to go around. So, you know, why eat alone when you can eat with a bunch of people that you care about? Yeah, exactly. At Sushi Castle. Yes, at Sushi Castle. Exactly. Oh, Look, Brianna enough- the Sushi Princess. <laughs> there's enough all-you-can-eat sushi for everybody. Oh, there are plenty of fish in the sea, as they say. <laughs> so. Okay, I always like to end with this question and some version of this question. So, like... Okay. If you had to go back and give your younger self maybe a piece of advice that you wish you would have heard maybe or like learned sooner or whatever, or maybe just even a piece of advice that you recently heard that you're just like, man, that's like some good shit. What would you like to leave with people that, you know, you're like, this was, this was good stuff. And I, I wish I would have listened to that sooner. Be grateful. Mm-hmm. Be grateful as fuck. Because, you know, you really... Like if I could talk to my young self, I didn't realize the opportunities I had, the people that were in my life. It just be grateful for every waking moment. That's, that's the best advice I would have given my younger self. It's just, we take so many things for granted. It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And we don't even realize we do it. And then when it's gone, it's like, oh shit. You know, so being grateful is so, so important. That's what I would tell myself. Love it. I think that is so important for people to hear again, especially right now with everything going on when people are, you know, some people do have it worse than others, but I mean, literally any day that you wake up and you're like, I'm still breathing and the people I love are still breathing. Anything besides that is just like, it's gravy and we're going to be okay. Yeah. 1000%. Couldn't agree more with that. Well, this has been so much fun. I yeah, love it. Was fun. It was fun to meet the other side too, you know, <laughs> know cause we talked yeah, with Tony and I know you have a third business partner, but it was yeah. like fun to meet the both of you. Yeah, no, this was you fun. Both are. This was fun. So how can people find you, work with you, connect with you, see all your stunt videos, <laughs> with you, let the people know. So best way to get in touch with me, uh, obviously through Instagram. My handle mm-hmm. is at Francis Volpe. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-S-V-O-L-P-E. Um, always down for sushi. But uh, yeah, if you want to reach me, that's the best way. And then the company URL is uh, www.ynotynotumedia.com. So you can check out our page there, see what we've been published in and clients that we've worked with. 
Well, awesome. We are so grateful for your time for hanging with us. I'm grateful yes, for you thanks guys for on. Thank you so much for a great little chat and going over a bunch of fun stuff. When this is over, for real, like, because we're going to come and we're going to do, like, a cigar tour, and then we're going to go eat sushi, yep. and it's going to have, like, the worst stomach ache, and I'm going to be so excited about it. Look, when and New I'm going to be thrilled. <laughs> yes, when New York City opens back up, uh, we'll definitely, we'll take a trip down, we'll get some good food and uh, enjoy ourselves. Yippee! Awesome. All right, well, we'll let you know when this all, like, releases and all that good stuff, too, but we really appreciate your time. Well, no, thank yes, you guys thank so you. much for having me on. This was a pleasure. Thanks. Enjoy Thanks. the rest of your night. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.